0: We're going to pause now for a centering moment and listen to these beautiful words from Rainier Maria Rilke, titled Autumn. The leaves are falling. They're falling as if from far up, as if the orchards were dying high in space. Each leaf falls as if it was motioning No. And today, the heavy earth is falling, falling away from all other stars in the loneliness. We're all falling. This hand here is falling, and look at the other one. It's in them all, and yet there is someone whose hands are infinitely calm, holding up all of this falling. Join me in time of silent reflection.
1: The word from the Hebrew Bible, Job 38, 1 to 7. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is it that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you, and you shall declare to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the heavenly beings shouted for joy. Can you lift up your voice to the clouds so that a fl- flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightning so that you may go and say to you, here we are? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? Who has the wisdom to number the clouds or who can tilt the waterskins of the heavens when the dust runs into a mass and the clouds cling together? Can you hunt the prey for the lion, or satisfy the appetite of the young lions, when they crouch in their dens, or lie in wait in their covert? Who provides for the raven its prey when its young ones cry to God and wander about for lack of food? <clears throat> this is the word for the Christian Christian testament Christian Testament, Mark ten, thirty-five to forty-five. James and John the sons of Zebedee came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand, one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. <coughs> Excuse me. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lorded over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be a slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Peace at all times, in all ways. This is the word of the Lord.
0: So, the Son of humankind came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. This passage in Mark can do a lot of things, but it can do one specific thing for us. It can help us shift our focus to serving others rather than being so self serving. You know that little tiny voice inside that's saying, I'd really like to help Wendy stuff these buckets, but I got to get to brunch. Anybody got that voice going on? Um, No, not in here. There are probably people out there thinking that. You know, it's just so easy to talk ourselves out of these moments, these little beautiful moments of service. But the son of humankind himself came not to be served, But to serve. It's, it's, you know, the saying, we're not going to be thinking less of ourselves, but perhaps we could just think about ourselves a little less. You know what I mean. These words from the Gospel of Mark, not to be served, but to serve, well, they really caught my attention this week, this month of mission. Jesus, Son of God, our Messiah, the Savior of the world, came to serve not to be served. And he came to teach us how to live the same way as servants to the world, not as kings, our first world power that rules over it. So this text reminded me of that beautiful prayer, I'm sure you know it, from, that's attributed to St. Francis. And it, it starts, Lord, make me a channel of thy peace. Are you familiar with it? The the last section of this prayer goes, Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love rather than to be loved. Like the gospel writer Mark, when he is describing Jesus, St. Francis, the founder of the entire Franciscan order of the Roman Catholic Church, was also a powerful leader who did not put himself at the center of everything. He too, my friends, was a servant leader. St. Francis just sought to be one among many. Jesus also came to be with us, right? Emmanuel, God with us, not to be served, but to serve. I mean, what a radical idea for a king, During that first century time when there were conquerors and generals and senators, oh, we still have those, and all-powerful emperors, the Hebrew people had been oppressed for hundreds of years, and they are waiting for this powerful Messiah to come and rescue them. From the cruelty of the Romans, they wanted this mighty advocate to come and speak out against the injustices they had endured for years. They wanted a leader who would overthrow that Roman Empire. They were waiting for an empire builder, a king, a mighty warrior. And Jesus appears as a tiny infant in a humble manger in the tiny town of Bethlehem. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. So Jesus enters the world as an infant. What an image. As many of you know, my grandson Felix was just born last week. And he's just such a tiny little miracle, you know, and such a precious gift. However, babies are a lot of work. Oh, They're completely dependent on their circle of caregivers to help them through their first moments here on earth. Their very existence relies on the people around them to feed them and care for them every moment of every day. Now, having just had a great deal of experience with this tiny infant, I have to say it's one of the most vulnerable moments in human existence. Babies are totally dependent on their parents, their mothers, their fathers, their caregivers to provide for their every need and they will not survive or thrive unless someone, some community is caring for them. But let's think, isn't that true to some degree for all of us? I mean, aren't we all dependent in some way or another on others to survive? I mean, there are those who grow our food. Such as these beautiful apples from Apple Hill. There are doctors and nurses who help us stay healthy. There are those who ensure that our drinking water is safe, and our incredible first responders who put out fires that threatened our very homes. We're not newborns, but we're still dependent on one another for our very lives. So this reading from Job that Craig read so well also reminds us of our interdependence. In this chapter, the writer of the story had God and Job engaged in a direct conversation. Now Job, if you remember the story, had been through a lot, a lot of losses, a lot of grief, a lot of destruction, and his life had been very difficult. So of course he was asking this question that the psalmist himself lifts up. Where are you, God? Well, God responds to this doubt that Job is expressing with some pretty strong statements. God is speaking to Job through a whirlwind, which I think would add a little bit of, I don't know, power to the conversation. And God asks Job a series of questions like, who is this? that darkens counsel by words without knowledge. In other words, who's talking about something they know nothing about? Where were you, Job, when I laid the foundation of the earth? Well, this is a reminder that Job, like the rest of us, well, we, we weren't exactly involved in the creation of the universe. God says, who has the wisdom to number the clouds? So apparently, God felt Job needed to be reminded of many things, especially his lack of power over nature, earth, sky, water, fire. And then God says, who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? God is asking these rhetorical questions of Job to make a point. Where does wisdom come from? I mean, who created this miraculous human brain from which we all benefit? It comes from the one who created us, from God, the Almighty, not we ourselves. We are not creators of the universe. And we need to be reminded of that from time to time. I mean, God asked Job, where were you? When I called the world into being. I mean, sometimes we humans, well, we forget the world doesn't revolve around us. We forget that there's, well, this whole entire universe out there and we're just a small part of it. Sometimes we need to just readjust our thinking and remember that our issues and struggles and problems are not the only ones. In the world. Some days we need to be reminded that the good news for us is that there is a God and we're not it. As we sit here in this beautiful sanctuary, this place many of us call our church home, we can take time and pause and think about all the hard work, the sacrifice, the dedication it took to build this beautiful building, to hold it together, to grow this congregation. I mean, there were many who walked before us, and there are many that will walk after us that make Federated this special place that it is. So we offer gratitude, don't we, for those who came before us and excitement for the future ones who have yet to come to this wonderful place. Now, our contributions, our efforts, our resources are important, but we are building on that which came before us, It's just good stewardship. It's just what we're being called to do, to serve, not to be served. So as we look to the future of our church, of our community, of our world, what's our responsibility? The passage in Job calls us to stay humble, to remain right size, if you will. And remember, God is in charge, not we ourselves, so we're not the ones that empower the clouds to give rain. Although hurry up, right? Are the thunder to roar, the lions to give birth to their cubs. This text calls on us to embrace this idea of true humility, to honor our humanity, and just let's just keep our egos in check. Humility gets a bad rap in our competitive society where we ask the question, what have you done for me lately? However, If we want to be completely whole, fully grounded, fully spiritual, we want to embrace this concept of walking with humility as our blanket. Now, it's really not as hard as it sounds. To be humble, we simply have to stay teachable. And I know we have some wonderful teachers among us. They understand this concept. If we approach our lives as a student and remain open to learning— then we can enter conversations and interactions with curiosity rather than judgment or self-righteousness. If we bring an open mind rather than a closed one to our committee meetings, to a social function, and yes, even to our family gatherings, not only will we be better off, but so will everyone around us. I mean, Jesus calls on James and John to tell him what is on their minds. And when they tell him, what does Jesus see? He sees a teachable moment. They request a position of honor. One wants to sit at his right side, the other at his left. I mean, who wouldn't want to be in Jesus's inner circle in eternity? I would sign up for that. But Jesus then asks them if they're going to be able to drink from the same cup. And they think that they will, and they say, yes, of course, and we know that they cannot. None of us can. They have no idea what Jesus is asking them, and as we all know, they will not be there when he was tried and crucified and buried. They're going to end up in that upper room, quaking with fear and concern for their very lives. After his death, So Jesus knows that they want to be a part of his life in a meaningful way. So he tells them how. Much like the story of the rich man. Remember this last week? It's important for the last to be first. Jesus tells them to be great, they have to serve others. He explains that one who wants to be the greatest must be a servant to everyone, not to just some. We don't get to pick and choose, but... To everyone. Then Jesus shares one of his most powerful teachings. And he reminds them that the great Messiah, the Savior of the world, the son of humankind himself, came to serve, not to be served. And that's it. There's the secret, my friends, to spiritual success. Jesus himself modeled it for us from time to time, throughout his life, through his death and throughout his resurrected presence, which we have with us today. Think of that beautiful moment right on Monday Thursday when he knelt on the ground and washed his disciples' feet. Let's remember this is the Jesus that called the little children to come to him and sit around him and to hear a story. This is the Jesus that touched the lepers that followed him every day and offered them healing. I think that Jesus today would go help us fill buckets. I'm just saying. I come to serve, our Lord Jesus Christ says, not to be served. Jesus came to be one among many, not, not to claw his way to the proverbial top. Jesus came to help others, not, not to rule over them. Jesus came and offered this peace that passes all understanding Jesus didn't come to cause misunderstanding. Jesus came to walk among us, alongside us, God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus modeled this idea of service to others throughout his ministry here on earth and simply asks us to follow his lead. I mean, simple, right? Like Job, we're going to have our moments of doubt. Like John and James... We're all going to want recognition and fame at times. However, like Jesus, we want to remember that we are here to serve, not to be served. We come to offer comfort, my friends, not to be comforted. We come to love, not to be loved. So let us go forth, beloved children of God, and let's stay teachable. Amen.